Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is
Matthew 22, the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew what? The gospel. Hallelujah. From verses 15. Now the Bible says, they went, then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his stock. Jesus was around people who just wanted to get him at his talk. You know, by the time the devil wants to entangle you, by the time he wants to ensnare you, by the time he wants to catch you saying something wrong, it already means he knows you're doing right. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. The Pharisees took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. That means they, he was around people who always wanted to get him. They always wanted to quote him saying something <laughs> that they might use against him. It's interesting. Praise God. When he was the son of God was laboring to teach, the they which amidst him took time to, to ask him things that they might entangle him in his talk. It's amazing how people think. Somebody goes into another man's meeting just to make sure he can quote him. Make sure he can quote him. Praise God. So the Bible says, And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou of any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Right? Tell us therefore what thinketh, 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 Thinkest. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Lord. Tell us, therefore, what thou thinkest. Thou is it the law to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Right? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Right? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him what? A penny. And the Bible says, And he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then said he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Wow. The next verse says, When they heard these words, 
They marveled and left him and went their what? Their way. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Tonight I have something I want to share. It's very beautiful. It's very beautiful. Now listen. They want to check this fellow and caught him. What he has said and what he hasn't said so they can hold him against Roman law. Praise God. And so they tell him, uh-huh, is it lawful? Do you think that it is right for people to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Are people supposed to be paying taxes or they're not supposed to be paying taxes? They want to hold him there. Right? They want to hold him. They want to get him. Are people supposed to be paying taxes or they're not supposed to be paying taxes? Right? And next verse says, Jesus, he, he perceived their wickedness. I asked them, why tempt he me? Why are you tempting me? Why are you testing me? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise my God. And the Bible says, and Jesus, he tells them, bring the coin. They brought a coin. And he asked them, whose image and superstition is on it? In other words, whose picture and writings are on it? They tell him, Caesar. So Jesus tells them, render to Caesar that which is of Caesar and render to God the things that are God's. Now, that portion of scripture carries some or one of the most consummate wisdoms of spirit. One of the most consummate wisdoms of spirit. The wisdom of God has a manifoldedness. The wisdom of God is not one-dimensional. Are you hearing me? The wisdom of God is not one what? Dimensional. That is why when he's speaking in Ephesians to the intent of the church, he says that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is many-sided. In as the prism of influence of the wisdom of God has many lenses through which men can see. That is why when the Holy Spirit is speaking about the relationship that we carry with him as he teaches us, the Bible tells us that in, in, in the Amplified Version in Corinthians 2, he says, he searches out the bottomless things of God. The Holy Spirit searches out bottomless things. God is bottomless. His wisdom is bottomless. It's manifold. See, many people observe wisdom, right? Wisdom, the mother of all inventions. Wisdom, Sophia, right? Sophia, wisdom. But maybe you don't understand that wisdom is manifold. And the more you see in the wisdom of God, the more you influence the spirit world. The more you make a mark in the principalities and powers and heavenly places, wherever you are. You can only influence in the spirit as far as the wisdom of God revealed unto you. Somebody say it amen. Say it again. The wisdom of God is manifolded. It has many facets. Many sides of understanding. You cannot fathom it. You can't understand it in one sentence. Are you hearing me? That means because of that, no man can wake up and say, 
God taught me the whole word of it. And I understood the word. The gospel is not something that a man adopts progressively until he learns it. The gospel is an illuminated revelation that settles in a man's spirit at an instance of an experience. Progressive knowledge, epignosco, is just instruction in epignosis, in what is advanced and known. That is why when Isaiah is talking about that place of learning, he says that my tongue is, a, is as a tongue of what? Of a what? Thank you. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. No, no. He was speaking of the place where he, the Lord has given him the tongue of a learned man. He says that my tongue is as a tongue of a what? For the Lord has given me the tongue of the land. And he says to know how to speak a word to him that is wearing season. Not what to speak. Wow. Because when the man's spirit is learned, past tense, read it, 54. He says the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land. Somebody say the Lord has given me the tongue of the land. Say it again. Yes. He says that I should know how, not what. That I should know how, not what. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. And he wakeneth mine ears to hear as the land. That ignosco. Gnosco is for land men, not learning men. God has not called us to progressively know what is not revealed. I don't know if I'm making sense. We are instructed in what is already revealed. And attained by nature. It's like when he says that all scripture is profitable. Right? For reproof. For correction. For doctrine. For all these kinds of things. He says that, that the man. He says an instruction in righteousness. An instruction in righteousness. An instruction in righteousness. He didn't say an instruction unto righteousness. What you're reading doesn't make you. What you're reading defines who you are. Because you are already. The word of God is nigh. It is in your mouth. It is in your spirit. That word which you speak. Everything I'm speaking, you already are. He says, you are a written epistle. Known and read. The Bible says, by all men. Oh, there's something powerful there. There's something powerful there. There's something very powerful there. There's something powerful there. Let me tell you something. I never want you to forget Every man who has believed on the Lord Jesus has the eternal blessing that breaks the limitations of influence. Are you hearing me? You are not limited by influence. The boundaries are drawn beyond any existence of humanity as a portion for every child of God who believed. Now when the Bible says that your epistles written in our hearts known and read by all men, do you know that all men read you? There is a place in the spirit realm where all men read you. The only problem with many Christians is when they try, when in that place they've not established a brand of spirit. And because they've not established a brand of spirit, they are read differently. They are read differently. There's a man who can come with a multi-million dollar deal and trust you because he reads you that you're trustable. Those of you went, who are bankers in the, who are bankers, I was a banker. We used to give credit. 
The Latin word there, credere, meaning to trust. It adds, we bequeath you as much money because we trust you. We can give you as much as we can trust you. Are you hearing me? It's based entirely on the principle of trust. Trust. Opportunities in this world are based on trust. If you're entering a marriage relationship, it's based on trust. If you're entering a job and you have an interview, it, it's, it's, it's reliant on trust. Is your boss going to trust you or he's not going to trust you? If you're a leader and you're standing for a post, are your constituents going to trust you or they're not going to trust you? Do you understand what I'm saying? When you go on that table and you want a job, they interview you. What is really the, the word there? Prefix. Inter. Inside. View. See. They want to see inside you. They want to see what they don't see physically. Because they cannot trust what is outside. But they can trust that treasure in other vessels. That thing inside. Oh, hallelujah. Now the Bible says that you are a written epistle. He says you are known and read by all men. God has given you and I the opportunity to brand your spirit. You can brand your spirit. You can brand your spirit. You can make it appear the way you want it to appear. So that men read it the way you want it to be read. If they are looking for the best engineer, you can brand your spirit to be the best. Because it's not a merit thing. It's a setting. He says the race is not to the swift. Neither the battle the strong. Bread and skill to, to bread to the men of skill. He says but time and chance. Experience. The word there for time is experience. And chance happeneth to them all. All you need is a spiritual experience. And you'll stand before kings and not before mean men. Somebody say amen. The Bible says Gentiles shall come to your light. And kings shall come to your rising. See, you, the reason why you failed to get that job is because they couldn't trust you. You were read differently. That's why she refused to accept you, your hand in marriage. You didn't look like... <laughs> you, you look like you beat her. <laughs> we are epistles known and read. Trump knows me. They know me. Hallelujah. So when you come in contact with such people, don't seek to introduce yourself beyond borders, like one which is not known. No. But Paul comes to men, and I'm sure some had seen him the first time, and says, need we to commend ourselves? Do I need to introduce myself anymore? I don't need to introduce myself and you know I'm a child of the most high there is something shining in my spirit my sky is up some of you get in, in the places of people of this world and you act like they're doing you a favor no they're not doing you a favor you're doing them a favor answer prayer tell anybody I'm an answer to prayer Praise God. 
Let me tell you, if you brand your spirit that way, me, I have never failed in an interview. There is no interview in my life ever sat and failed. I've never. And they, I've never looked for a job. They always looked for me. Because I was that important. <laughs> you don't need to believe me, it's up to you. It depends on how men read you. Hallelujah. Put a price on yourself. Bout. You're not of your own. Somebody say amen. You're not of your own. You can't fail. You don't fail. I always tell people that sometimes you hear me saying, you can't, you don't. Right? You can't, you don't. And I tell people, when you look at the word don't there, the word don't there borrows the line of principle of law set by the nature you carry not to be something. You know, there is a law that can't allow me to be certain things. It's set in my nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is wrong English to say, I can't bark. Right English is, I don't bark. Because I'm not a dog. Dogs what? Bark. Me, I can't. And I don't. I don't bark. Cats don't lay eggs. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Brand your spirit. Tell anybody, brand your spirit. The way men read you is the way. Let me tell you, I told one story. One time as I went to, I was going somewhere to preach. And so I was going to the airport many years ago. And I reached late. Right? And there was another guy also in front of me who reached late with me. But he had some color that I didn't have. In Uganda. No comment. So, the guy enters. And after that, I'm also entering. And they check the guy in on the same flight. I'm getting there. The guy tells me the gates are closed. He has just stamped the guy's stamp. I'm probably the last passenger in. The guy just, he, see, he turns away and says, this, the gates are closed. Sir, please forget. No, 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 the gates are closed. But this guy, you've just stamped for a guy. He has just passed. Why don't you help me? My bag. No, 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 no. I say the gates are closed. When he said it like the third or fourth time, I noticed he had a black spot here. And I realized that this wasn't racist. This was something else. Refusing me to go and preach the gospel. I stood back like this and I looked at this guy. And I said, Rimantorobo A strange woman came from nowhere. I'd never seen her. Never met her before all my life. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. She comes from nowhere. And she says, why have you refused to, to stamp for him? The guy says, it's because the gates are closed. He's late. I'm going to report you to your supervisor. I saw this man. He came so early. I stood in the back like this. He said, I saw this man. He came.
him so early and you're refusing to stamp him, I'm going to report you to your supervisor. This is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. She started ranting. It's very unacceptable. The guy looked at the woman like this. He stopped stamping my stamp. After stamping, he said, Sir, let me even help you with your bags. She carried my bags to the first counter, checked them in. Then she carried up to the last gate. I looked at her and I told her, she said amen she went away there are places skin color can't take you there are places education status can't take you there are places connections and networks can't take you not by power not by might but by my spirit Hallelujah. I'm an epistle. Tell somebody I'm an epistle. I am red. I am red. I am red. I am red. He says we are known and red. Now every morning I speak how I have to be red. That's what I speak. Those are the agitations of my spirit every morning. I speak. That's why I've been a success in everything. One time some guy complained when I was banking that why was I bringing in deposits yet I wasn't going so much out in the market. It's because I learned to speak. I'd lock myself up in that office. First 15 minutes, that's when I call customers. In the spirit. You're coming to me. You're coming here. No doubt in the name of Jesus. I'm your answer. Then I open doors. And deposits start coming in. They just start coming in. That's what you do as a businessman. You open that shop and speak crazy things. Brand it. A guy will just pass and he just can't stop looking at your show. Manifold wisdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Now I spoke about the consummate wisdom. That draws the distinctive mark between earth and heaven. The heavenly things and the earthly things. Jesus tells the man. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God the things of God. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? I was saying that that is one of the deepest wisdoms of spirit. Some people who love money, when they read that scripture, they only think about money and they end there. But there's some deeper than money in that scripture. And I want to show it to you in a couple of minutes. Somebody say amen. amen. This coin, even though it was distributed in the market, it carried Caesar's image and subscription. Are you hearing me? Because it carried his name and subscription. Even if it went out, it had to return to him. Because what carries his image and some scripture is always subject to return to him. It's always subject to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? His image and subscription had enough value for men to exchange goods and services. Just one man's face and subscriptions. 
Caesar was among the first guys to put face on his coins in the times of Tiberius. Now, if I have time one day, I'll explain something on the law of exchange. Because many people, the way you think you're to get things in this world is not the way you're supposed to. Because you're Christian, your terms are different. Hallelujah. If you subject yourself to the will and terms of the world, you'll never be rich physically, although you are spiritually. The richest people in this world are not the hardest workers. You read. The richest families in this world are not the hardest workers. They sound spiritual. Somebody say amen. They sound spiritual. They understood the law of exchange. They understood how the things of this world work and responded to them. Anyway, one day I hope I'll explain that more. So, Jesus Christ is telling them, look, give unto Caesar what belongeth to Caesar because whatever carries his image and subscription yields to him. Are you hearing me? There is a law that has to instruct you and force you to return because it is yielded to Caesar, because it belongs to Caesar. Hallelujah. You, you see, look at yourself, remove money and put you. Just remove money for a second and put you. Give unto God the things that are God's. Now, many of you have read something in James 4, 7, Right? Many of you know the scripture. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Yourselves therefore to God. Are, are, are you connecting? Are, are you connecting? Are you connecting? Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and unto God because your soul carries the image of God and his inscription. I don't know if I'm making sense. Your spirit it's in the image. You were made in the image and likeness of God. And you carry the subscription of God. Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give unto God what belongs to God. Submit yourselves to God. I don't know if I'm making sense there. He's saying submit yourselves unto God. Submit yourselves therefore to God. And the next line says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, many people just use the statement, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist him and he will flee from you. Okay, but I've tried to resist the devil for 20 years and he's not resisting. See, there are things that come before others, right? Having understood those things from the very first things in order, he says, I choose to write to thee, O dear Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things in which thou hast been instructed. So that you have a certainty. You have a surety in your spirit. When you are walking in the things in which you have been instructed. There is a surety. There is a certainty of things. Understand the order of the spirit. The order of the spirit is you cannot resist the devil to flee. If you have not understood the total sum of what it means to submit yourself 
unto God. You are a spirit and a soul that carries the subscription and image of God. Give to God. Give yourself unto God. Hallelujah. Then resist the devil. He will flee. The reason why you're fighting the devil is because you are not yielded to the spirit. Resistance in the spirit to the devil is as a total sum of how much a man is yielded unto God. The power that a man receives because he has learned to yield to the Holy Ghost is the very power by which that man resists the devil. The reason why the devil whoops men up squarely is because they don't they are not yielded. They are not submitted unto God. And the reason why they are not submitted unto God is because many don't know how to submit to God. They don't know how to submit to God. They don't know how to submit to God. I want to show you how to submit to God. I just want to show you how to submit to God. Let's open something in Ephesians. Chapter 4. Verse 27. Hallelujah. Let me show you what it means to submit yourself to God. Ephesians 4, 27. The Bible says, let's read it. Hey. Neither give place to the devil. Read it again. Read it one more time. Read it louder. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people... I'm just showing you how to submit yourself to God. Because when you say, how do I submit myself to God? I'm going to explain how to submit yourselves unto God. Right? If God has a place in your heart, right? The word there for submission means that you are yielded and have set your spirit on his instruction. Right? You have made a decision in your spirit and in your mind to take him for his word regardless of what happens in your life. That's a man under God. In fact, the literal word of submission means, the the literal translation for the word submit, it, it borrows the statement as of a man to order their life under God, under the word. To make sure that you pattern your life under the word. You have a deliberate pattern of life. Circumspect to truth. Success, I told people, is not an accident. If a man is successful by accidentally, he'll lose it all accidentally. Praise God. Success is not what? An accident. You don't just wake up and you're successful. You don't just wake up and you're healing the sick and casting out devils and cleansing lepers. You don't just wake up and you have a successful business and success ministry and your marriage is working. You, you just, if, if, if you're just lucky and you don't know, you'll lose it. There are patterns and principles. Let me give you an example of a man submitted to God and a man resisting the devil because they're submitted to God. When I read for you in Ephesians 4.27 where it says, give no place to the devil. The Greek word there for place is topos. Right? Topos. T-O-P-O-S. If you go through the tired definitions, the Greek translation for the word topos, it also means opportunity, power, 
and ability to act. Right? Am I making sense? Now, somebody say opportunity. Power. And permission to act. Say again, opportunity. Power. And permission to act. When the Bible says do not give place to the devil. It means don't give him opportunity. Right? Don't give him power. Don't accord a place for him to act. And some of you might not understand it, but let me explain it. If the Bible says don't give the devil opportunity, it already means he has no opportunity over you. Right? If the Bible tells you don't give power to the devil, it only means he doesn't have power over you. If the Bible tells you do not give occasion for him to act, it only means he doesn't have the opportunity and permission to act except by your power and permission. When the Bible speaks of resisting, it means permitting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some people don't understand that the terms under which you function with the devil, for example, is that you choose to allow him or not to allow him. The devil cannot go into territory. He's not supposed to have a place in you. You remember when Jesus was speaking in John 14, 30? When he says, for you know, it's time for me to leave. Right? It's a good thing that I leave you. He says, for I shall not speak much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. When you look at Jesus, the prince of this world has nothing in him. So the Bible says in the first verse, give no place to the devil. He has nothing in you. He's not supposed to have an opportunity in you. He's not supposed to have power in you. He's not supposed to have an accordance to act in you. He's not supposed to be given an occasion to act in you. Now, when I'm talking about place in you, I'm not talking a place outside you. You might not be able to control what the devil is doing outside you, but you have the ability and power to control what the devil is doing within you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? A person can have a disease for 20 years and leave. And then tomorrow one time go to the doctor. And then they check him. And they discover it. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. Do you understand what I'm saying? It only means that that day they discovered by there are funny machines that it was there. And immediately they tell a person you're sick. They say, I'm dead. They sit down and start weeping, I'm going to die. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what kills this person is not what the doctor found in him. It's what they have observed in their spirit and conceived. It's the place they gave to the devil when they were diagonized with disease. 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 In December, another lady called me. You remember when I told her to stand up. She told me they found HIV in my body. Another one. It has happened twice now. On just calls. When I'm healing HIV on calls. It has happened twice. That one has happened twice. Laying on of hands is about three times now. So I've seen five HIV cases with my eyes. Who are all alive and I can introduce them to you. Officially. And... This lady calls me and says, ah, they found HIV in me. 
But in my spirit, I have refused it. I said, this is the person I want to pray with. This is the person I want to pray with. We spoke certain words on that phone. And I told her immediately, go back exactly where they found it. She went. They looked for it. It wasn't normal. The same machines. Same machines. Do you understand what I'm saying? She did not conceive it in her spirit. She didn't give place to the devil. She didn't give power to the devil. She didn't give opportunity to the devil. She didn't grant the devil occasion to act in her body, in her spirit. Hallelujah. The outward part of you can wither. Everything outside you can fail. But if inside your spirit you refuse to die, you cannot die outside. I said you cannot die outside. That's giving opportunity to the devil. That's a man who is not submitted to God. Because he throws away everything that God has promised. And he holds on to something that God hasn't. And he takes it as true. He observes lying vanities. And he forsakes the source of his mercy. Because you're observing things that are outside. You look at everything, every situation happening in your life, in your family. They say, oh, with all these things happening, I think I'm going to die. With all these things happening, I think I'm going to fail. With all these things happening, I think she's going to pack her bags. Mama, she will pack. I know them. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean them devils. The devil's responsible. That's what I mean. <laughs> Am I making sense? Don't give opportunity. Some of you where you, you went to church before, they, they, you, they taught you stronger men. The stronger man in my life. <laughs> Do you know the literal definition of the literal Greek definition of stronghold is actually a thought pattern? <laughs> the literal definition of stronghold is thought pattern. There is no strong man. <laughs> it is your thought pattern. The way you think. Do you understand what I'm saying? Strongholds are here. Strongholds are here. Are you hearing me? They're in your head. They're not outside. The Bible is very clear. Nothing from without entering a man defiles him. There is nothing from outside that can defile you. Nothing. If you understand that, you'll never get any disease. You cannot have it something from out. You cannot. You can't. You can't. You can't. He says nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. He says, but the things which come out of him, those are they which defile the man. Oh, the things that come out of you. Give me the amplified of that. He says, there is not even, I love the way he says it, one thing outside a man. Which by going into him can pollute and defile him. But the things which come out of a man are what defile him and make him unhallowed and unclean. Can you believe it? Nothing from without you can defile you and pollute you. Nothing outside. But what comes out of what? Out of you. Praise God. What comes out of you? What does the next verse say? 
hope he says what I'm saying. He says, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend by hearing. Uh-huh. And when he had left the crowd and gone into the house, his disciples began asking him about the parable. Uh-huh. And he said to them, they are also intelligent, da, 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 da. Outside cannot, uh-huh, thank you. They, then are you also unintelligent and dull and without understanding? Do you not discern and see, now he's explaining deeper, that whatever goes into a man from outside cannot make him unhallowed and unclean? And let's continue. Since it does not reach and enter his heart. <laughs> Praise God. The word heart there is not physical. It is your spirit. It doesn't matter if the doctor said you have HIV. If HIV has not entered your spirit. If it doesn't leave your blood, it won't have consequence. Are you hearing me? If poverty has not hit your spirit. Who am I preaching to? If failure has not entered your spirit. It was only in his digestive tract. And so passes on into the place designed to receive waste. Get to a point where everything that can come to attack you, by the time it goes through, it's wasted. He says, and thus he was making and declaring all food ceremonial clean. That is abolishing the ceremonial distinctions of Levitical law. Hallelujah. Nothing from without. Nothing. Nothing entering you can defile you. Nothing. 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 Do you realize words are things that enter you? You're fired. <laughs> then somebody says, I am fired. Ah, ah, ah. When they fire you, come and tell me, Apostle, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> You can't conceive firing in your spirit. You can't conceive firing in your spirit. Don't give opportunity to the devil to say, Aha, I got him. He hasn't got you until you get yourself. All of these things are there to push you to admit it in your heart that it is true when it's not. And if you do, brother, you're sinking. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. When I was working in, uh, in a health center many years ago, there was a, uh, a lady whose husband died of HIV and she was sure she was sick. She started showing symptoms. Every symptom of HIV was on this woman. One day we just said, but we just check her. You know, you're, you're sure, but okay, there are discordant cases. Let's try. We checked the woman, she was healthy. But because she had a husband who was sick, she automatically said, ah, even me, I'm what? I must be having HIV. She started demonstrating the signs of an HIV person. Everything you know of HIV people, she started looking like it. Started losing weight, what? Signs, what? Started writing wills, saying bye to her people. Started being so good, what? Mama, when we discovered she wasn't, she went back. And I thought to myself, this was a sick heart. It wasn't a sick body. But because the heart was sick. You remember what the scriptures say about the sick heart? Hope deferred. What does it do? Make it the heart sick. 
When you defy hope, when you frustrate the spirit of hope, the heart becomes sick. And when the heart becomes sick, everything outside becomes sick. Because out of your heart are the issues of life. Hallelujah. That is why we preach hope. The reason why we preach hope is because we want... We cannot be hopeless. Many people think hopeless is an abuse. It's not. It simply means to be without hope. Hopeless. Hopeless. You know, while growing up, people used to abuse themselves. Hopeless. 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 Say, this guy has abused me. How can he say I'm hopeless? No, but it's not an abuse. It's so without hope. Simply without hope. Isn't it? A person without hope is hopeless. It's very simple. Praise God. If your heart has refused it, that's submitting to God. That's resisting the devil. Refusing to give him a place. Refusing to give the devil a place. That's submitting yourself to the word of God. Because the word of God is saying something. Even though it's contrary to what you see, you still hold your spirit to believe it in your heart. That's why he says, if you believe in your heart, that form of doctrine... He says, you believed in your, in your hearts. That form of doctrine. You believed in your hearts. You believed in your hearts. You believed in your hearts. That form of doctrine. When you receive it in your spirit, your life changes. Thank you. He says, but God be thanked that when you are servants of sin, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. From the heart. From the heart. From the heart. If you Listen. Keep your heart. Tell anybody, keep your heart. Those are one of the things that define integrity of spirit. That's a man with integrity in the spirit. You don't lose your heart. You don't change it because you're going through circumstances. You don't change your life and, 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 and identity because somebody said and thought that, 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 that because... No, no, no. Those things don't define you. You might even be going through worse. But those things don't define you. It's like when I was reading about something one time in Corinthians. You remember the time where um, if you have not the husband that believeth and believing husband. Is it Corinthians 7 somewhere? Huh? First Corinthians chapter 7, right? Give me that. Give me from probably 17. Is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh. Go, go, go up. Uh-huh. Okay, give me the message version of that. He says that if you're a woman with a husband who is not a believer, but he wants to live with you, hold on to him. Those are for those of you who got married, when both of you are not born again. We're not saying that you're not born again. I mean, you're born again, then you marry a guy who's not born again. Ah. <laughs> the next verse says, and the unbelieving husband shares to an extent in the holiness of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is likewise touched by the holiness of her husband. Otherwise, your children will be left, da, da, da. Continue. And he says... On the other hand, if the unbelieving spouse walks out, you've got to let him or her go. You don't have to hold on desperately. God has called us to make the best of it as peacefully as we can. That is if you married a guy and then you got born again and then for him he says, I don't want to know. Let him go. Right? Let him go. Chite. Tell your neighbor chite. So, but there's some guy loud. He says, there's some the message says, the message says, you never know, wife, that the way you handle this the way you handle it, if you handle it the godly way, he says, this might bring your husband not only back to you, but to God. The way you handle it. Are you handling it the scriptural way? Or are you handling it the kind of way? Oh, hey. No, 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 no. Handle it the spiritual way. 
Hallelujah. Handle it the spiritual way. Praise God. And he says, and you never know, husband, the way you handle this might bring your wife not only back to you, but to God. I love the next verse. The next verse says, and don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. He says, live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines what? Your life. What defines your life? God, not your marital status. He says, stay there, obey, love, and believe. Obey, love, and believe. God is your what? Definition. Not that man or woman. Some of you, the moment you they leave, they leave you away. I'm single. I need to be defined. You enter marriage to be complete. And that is why marriages are failing. Because you're entering relationships to be complete. Nobody can complete you. Christ is completion. You don't enter marriage to be complete. No. You enter marriage because you're a complete man. When they say you're ready to get married, that means you are complete in him. He says, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Ye are complete in him. He completes me. Ye are complete in him. He completes me. Ye are complete in him. Joshua completes me. No. Jesus says, ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. That means that even before you enter marriage, you enter a complete woman. He no longer tells me he loves me. Oh, you're incomplete. So what? Bounce. He doesn't call me every time. Even if he doesn't call you, tell it in your spirit. This is nothing. He's mine. He can't fail. He will call. He will call. He will call. He will call. The communication of your faith becomes effectual through the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. Find your joy in Jesus. Before he gives you joy, he told me things and I smile. So what if he doesn't say them? You don't smile. No. Whether he tells you or he doesn't tell you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're complete in him. You wait for him to tell you, you look beautiful with an R. He's ah, ah. Then you fall down. He completes me. He completes me. Your beauty. Your beauty is his definition. You have to get to a point, even if one day he flips and he says you're ugly, you tell him you're lying. You know the truth. I can't be ugly. Look at me. Perfection of beauty in Zion. Hallelujah. You can't. Be delivered from people's opinions about you. Because God's opinion matters. That's why little girls are wasting their lives. Because they need people outside to complete him. Low self-esteem. Mothers, complete your children in the word. Tell her you're shining like a star little girl. You're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. Your paths are dropping with greatness. The lines are falling unto you in pleasant places. If a man comes to you, he'll be so lucky. Say that your girl knows she's doing him a favor. Thank you. I'm complete. Tell your neighbor I'm complete. I'm complete. I'm complete. I am complete. 
If your heart believes it, you'll start attracting complete people. <laughs> if your heart doesn't, you'll start attracting incomplete people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You find a Christian. Okay, I've left that. I'm still going back to the opportunity and power. You find a Christian observing what the devil is doing in their lives. Let me tell you. Since I was 19, I've never spent three minutes or two addressing the devil in my life. I have never. That is why things happen so fast for me. You can't find me cutting in Why am I going on the on the on the resource? I'm tired of poverty. Then you pull your trouser. Then you go on the on the we break, I break, I break, I break, I break. And you know they, they, there's a way they, they they shake their heads. I break, I break, I break, I break, I break. Every power, every power, every power. Generational curses break. Curses of my uncle break. Curses of my uncle's cousin break. Curses sent my judge break. Curses sent my cousin's sister break. Have you been to churches where pastors first say we break all spirits? Which refuse people to pray. Mama, mama, those churches are struggling with numbers. I'm breaking I'm breaking every time you're breaking every time you're breaking what is that which can't break what is that which can't break what are you breaking that Jesus didn't break hallelujah somebody every time you're breaking every time you're breaking for us, we are building ourselves up in the most holy faith, which is praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, But ye building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm rich, I'm blessed. I'm anointed. I cannot fail. It's in my nature to increase. There is no way I cannot multiply. Favor is mine. Blessings are mine. They overflow. They overrun me. They override me. They hit me. Trip me over. Field. That's why some of you are failing. The more you pray, the more these things trample on you. Because every time you're, I'm breaking. I'm breaking. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Even their voices have died. The other day I was praying at the mountain. The Lord spoke to me. And told me to, to be of good cheer. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. What are you fighting? <laughs> Who saw the sun sets free, is free indeed. It's not that you don't go through stuff. It's just that even when you go through stuff, you know how not to fear. You remember in Revelation chapter 2, when he's speaking of the church in Smyrna, we can open there, verse 10. Let's begin from verse probably 8. He says, um, yes, Smyrna, right? Give me the message. The message Bible says, it says, write this to Smyrna, to the angel of the church, the beginning and the end, the first and final one, the ones dead, and then come alive. Uh-huh. Read next verse. He says, you can what? I can see your pain. 
and poverty, constant pain, dire poverty. He says, but I also see your wealth. <laughs> right? And I hear the lie in the claims of those who pretend to be good news. Good Jews, sorry. Who in fact belong to Satan's crowd. Now, I love the next verse. He says, fear nothing in the things you're about to suffer. He says, but stay on God. And he repeated it again and said what? Fear nothing. He says, the devil is about to throw you in jail for a time of testing. Only 10 days. He says, it won't last forever. He says, don't, don't what? What does he say? What does he say? What does he say? He says, don't quit. Even if it costs your life. He says, stay there doing what? Believing. Even if it costs your life. Don't stop believing. He says, stay there believing. He says, I have a life crown sized and ready for you. Stay believing. Don't give up. Oh, I'm so tired. I, I, I'm quite quit. I'm not even going back to church. Ah, these things are too much. I've given up on God. God is the one who knows if he dies, he dies. God can't die. He's eternal. I've given up on God. I don't even want to know. If God, mm-hmm, I've come out of salvation. If I believed him for all this stuff, and then he failed to give it to me, and then this failed, and then this destroyed, and this one was die. Hey, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, mama. 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 Listen, the Bible says you stay believing. That's how we are. You stay believing. Hallelujah. You stay doing what? He says you don't quit even if it costs your life. It means you can be tempted to a point where you feel like believing is your life. And it's as though the more you believe, the more you're dying. Watch it die. But don't stop believing. Praise God. Sweet goes what says, I would rather die believing than live in doubt and I corrected it and said no one who believes can die so I would rather live believing than die in doubt because the just shall live by faith you don't give up okay it's 20 years of believing keep on believing stay believing stay there Stay under the right atmosphere. You're in incubation period. Are you hearing me? The egg might not be whooshing outside, but there's something inside. It's growing. One day it will crack. Just keep the atmosphere right. He says, you are not of them which draw back to perdition. We don't draw back. Tell your neighbor we don't draw back. Mugambe, shake your neighbor and tell him we don't draw back to perdition. The Bible says we are them which believe to the saving of the soul. You don't draw back to perdition. We don't draw back. Regardless of what you've gone through, dust yourself up and say, Zetechi in Cuba, move on. <laughs> Hallelujah. It might hit you again. Get up, dust yourself again and say, no, I refuse it. This is not me. If you fight like that, if you fight like that, you've refused to give the devil a place or occasion to act. Some people know how to rehearse facts. Do you know people who just know how to rehearse facts? They know how to speak all their problems. And then after that, I got an accident. Then after getting an accident, two minutes later, I went to my auntie. She's the one who treated me for like one week. Then after my auntie treating me for one week, and then she first told me, we cannot house you here anymore. You know, I had to look for another place to live. (laughs) Then after that, anyway, 
I got a place to live. But there was this guy who was in that house. He used to give me a headache. And then after that, he also chased me. Can you believe they chased Anyway, after that, I found some people. Then the people told me there was a... The, some people just know how to rehearse sad stories. I don't know how to rehearse sad stories. It's like back in those days when we used to go to pray for the sick. A lame guy walks, then you pray for another one, he doesn't. We don't talk anything about the guy who didn't walk. Because we have a lot to talk about on the one who walked. We don't rehearse facts. We rehearse truth. We rehearse truth. You rehearse victory all through. Some guy one time stood on the pulpit and says, I prayed for a man he, he, I, to get to raise him. He failed to get raised. I said, Banangi, what is this guy speaking on the altar of Jesus Christ? So if he didn't get raised, rub it even out. Don't even ever talk about it. Talk when the man is raised. But don't tell, unless if you're going to complete the story by when that one failed, I raised another. But don't. don't. Am I making sense? Tell anybody we're going to pray. Submit yourselves unto God. Yield to his word. Believe him and take him for his word. In spite of what happens. Keep on believing his word. Keep on believing his word. The people here who feel like they're giving up. God is still true. He is still God. Regardless of what you are going through and what you have gone through, he is still God. He never changes. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Don't draw back to perdition. Don't stop praying because you're frustrated. Don't stop seeking his face because somebody chucked you. The more you draw closer. The Bible says the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied. The more they attacks on your life, the deeper you draw in God. And that is why I thank God for my enemies. They taught me to pray. They taught me to be one with God. I thank God for my enemies. I thank God for my enemies. I thank God for people who frustrated me over the years. Because through them I saw God. I saw God. This stuff is not going to kill you. It's not there to destroy you. I don't care what the, de- what, what the doctors call it. Praise God. I don't care what they call it. You have a choice to either live or die. It's here. Kill yourself, we'll bury you. Leave, we shall celebrate. You have a choice. You have a choice to give life to your family. You have a choice to restore your children. You have a choice to put back your husband. You have a choice to restore your wife. You have a choice to build whatever you've lost. Here, here. We don't admit it in our hearts. Let it go through the belly and go where wastes go. But don't put it in your heart to fail. What I'm trying to say is, whatever you've gone through, however bad it is, don't think it's you. It doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. You're still bigger than it. And you're pulling through. What the enemy aimed for bad, my God is going to turn it into good. Can't you understand that he that began a good work in you shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. You will not fail. You will not fail. You will not fail. You'll make it. I know you'll make it. 
I don't know where you'll pass. I just know that I'll make it. One time I was reading a short story about Nelson Mandela. Imprisoned for life. Treason, right? Robben Island. And he said, I always knew I would step on green grass again one day and look up in the sky a free man. He, he, he always knew. You see, we, we have a hope that is more alive than Mandela had. You'll come out of it. You see the church of Smyrna. They are poor, but God sees their wealth. He sees it. For him, he sees it. That is why he he tells them, don't fear. A man who doesn't fear is persuaded of his end. I will never fear. I said I will never fear. I will never fear. I will never fear. Listen. It might even be hard for you to say it, but this is the truth. That worse things may come. They may come. But God will not tempt you beyond that which you're able. Whatever your lot, even through that you'll go through. You will go through. You will go through. You will go through. Even that one you'll go through. You keep on believing. That is why I was telling people that some people draw back and leave ministry sometimes. Because they are frustrated. They leave uh, marriage. They They leave everything. They leave God. Even ministers of the gospel. The Bible says he's not unfaithful to forget. God is not unfaithful to forget the works, the labors that you've showed amongst the saints because you love him. He says he is not. He says, give me the amplified of that. For God is not, give me the amplified Bible. He says, for God is not unrighteous to forget or overlook your labor and the love which you've shown for his name's sake in ministering to the needs of the saints, his own consecrated people as you still do. And the next verse says, but we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. He says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards because of what you're going through. Some people stopped praying because they were frustrated. They stopped seeking the face of God because somebody hurt them. Oh, they stopped doing this because they went through. Oh, you're so weak. 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 He says, if you faint in your day of adversity, your strength is small. Your knowledge of God is small. Small things break you. When adversity comes, we don't faint. We become stronger. That's why I tell people, whatever we've been going through, it has just made us stronger. What does the message Bible say that? In Proverbs 24 verse 10. He says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis... There wasn't much to you in the first place. <laughs> Speak in other tongues. Now I want you to take just a minute or two or three and speak the craziest words in your life. Come on, raise your voice. This so sweet. To trust 
Jesus. Just to take him his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to to raise your voice. Speak in other tongues. Speak in other tongues. Cause something in the spirit to happen. In this few minutes, I want you to bat something in prayer. you are going to give up. Shame on him. He's about to see you rise stronger. Preach deeper. And love God more. Submit yourselves to God. Come on, raise your voice. Speak more. Like a rushing of a mighty wind. And this is what I hear. I hear God tell me somebody in prayer right now is creating something. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. Your marriage is restored in the name of Jesus. Your ministry is restored in the name of Jesus. Your life, if you're sick, God is healing you now. I rebuke and I bind and I destroy every spirit of infirmity. Bring her here. Bring her here. Disease. Loose. Start to bring them here. Witchcraft, witchcraft, witchcraft is living right now. All forms of witchcraft. Listen, I hear the God. God is delivering some people right now. Wherever you are, if you've been oppressed, tormented, and disturbed by witchcraft, God is delivering you right now. Power is coming. Power is coming. Power. Bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. All forms of witchcraft. All forms of witchcraft. Listen, there are people here. They spoke words over your life. They said you're going to fail. You'll never be a success. They wrote your name somewhere. Burnt them of papers and pronounced them on graveyards. And say that you're never going to be a success. Right now in the name of Jesus. Be delivered. Be delivered. Be 
Lady in gray. Lady in gray. Dark gray. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Come, 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 come. Yes, you. Come. Give me your hand. From today, any form of witchcraft in your father's household, it leaves. Go! Go! It's not your portion. It's not on your daughter. It's not your daughter's portion. In the name of Jesus, it's not your child's portion. We decree and we declare that you're not going to fail. You will not fail. There are people here. Listen, I've seen something interesting in the spirit. There are people here. You could not work even if you try. Even if you work for five, six years, there is nothing you can show. Literally, your hands have been, spiritually, your hands have been chained. <laughs> Whoever I'm talking to, that spirit, right now in the name of Jesus, loose. Loose, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. Literally, their hands are held. Bring them, carry them, carry them here. Loose. I see hands loosening. I see hands loosening. Bring them here. I see hands loosening. Bring them here. They're like chains. They're like chains on people's hands. Chains. Everything you do just doesn't. Look at that. Help that woman. Everything you do, it just doesn't amount to anything. You have worked for six, seven years, eight years. There's nothing to show off your life. Right now. God is delivering someone. If you've been chained in feet and you cannot move, God delivers you right now. I see nations opening up. There are three people here, to be exact. There is something on your life. Bring them here. Bring them here. Deliverance is taking place. for visas a thousand times you cannot move literally nothing moves in your personal lives chains are breaking right now chains are breaking right now chains are breaking right now hold them hold them they might step each other Send fire in your family. Send fire in your father's household. Hey! Power. Send fire in your home. There's power.
Somebody say in the name of Jesus. I'm free. I am free. I'm doing free things. I'm walking the life free men walk. I function by the law of free men. Nothing can fail me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just had God tell me. There are people who are not have not only been stuck, but they were tired of being stuck. Believe me, you're moving. The devil is a liar. You're moving. You're moving. Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus give the Lord a mighty hand of praise the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International for more information contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com you can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org or better still feel free to join us every thursday for our weekly fellowships at uma multipurpose hall from 5 p.m to 8 p.m you can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash fenero fenero make manifest Thank you.